have I don't like having the same. Oh, you want me to just go back and do the same bit over again? <laughs> you can do the same bit. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hot Little Takes. It is the ASMR episode. It's the ASMR Derby Girls episode. We're going to whisper the whole time. <laughs> Except for like right away. Except for immediately. Except for immediately. So, you're my friend Christian and I'm your friend Mike, is that correct? Seems right. It seems right. And we are the hosts of Hot Little Takes. And this is it. And I'm Eutogenia Doubtfire. <laughs> Iphigenia, isn't it? I can't. It, I don't. Eutogenia is how my brain processed whatever it was. Wow. Well, I mean, is that a name? He really pulled that one out of his ass in that movie. Well, he was a professional. Sure, till he killed himself. That's how, that's how Mr. Doubtfire ends. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, my love to Robin Williams. He doesn't get his kids back and he hangs himself. Oh my god. That's wow. how it... Pro- I mean, that movie's very... Pro- problematic movies we've been discussing a little Jesus. bit. But Is we that don't how we want to start this? No, we don't want to get into that. Oh my god. He throws a he throws a lime at Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> I remember that. And he goes, It was a drive-by fruiting. <laughs> which was very prescient in the 90s and hilarious because yeah. people were dying. Of Straight out of Compton had just come out. Yeah, and white people were making jokes. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, and they still do. Where do you so, want to start? Where, so where do we want to start? Well, we're we're gonna, know, we know we're going to get into the finale of Succession <coughs> exactly. tonight mm-hmm. and catching up on the deuce. Celebrate the return of the deuce but we, full swing. We're falling into our little opening uh, general bullshit. I haven't watched El Camino yet. Yeah, we'll talk about El Camino next week. And I am fucking eager for you to sure. see this. I'm eager for you to watch several things that you said you'd watch at this point. Well, sure. But it's but fine. Sure, sure. I've been uh, absentmindedly watching Frasier for the first time in the background. Talk is, about that. It's pretentious and annoying, and I always didn't like it, and they're very bougie. But also, I'm pretentious. You're pretentious. Mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> um, and so there's a lot of jokes that are... It's very well-written, well-performed, comedic... Comedically, oh, yeah. they're making, they're mocking wealth as much as they're being neoliberal shills from the nineties. Mm, I guess mm, mm. that ran for a long time. Didn't yeah, it? And yeah. The the ensemble's great. Right. I'm an, I'm surprised that I have not watched it before, and I've watched like things like Tool Time and Roseanne or Home Improvement and uh, <laughs> uh, 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 Friends so many times. Right. You know. Right. Cool. I'm try- I, you know, usually we have a kind of a, a dossier of things that we want to sort through, but well, life has been crazy for us too. Well, we we're, also, get, we we're also trying to personal. We're also trying to do this podcast once a week now that we have to pay for our hosting. So when we want it, when we want to start developing some more podcasts, we're working on it. We're experimenting, and the garden is already blooming fruit. Yeah, tend your gardens while you may. What else? Uh, you know, I watched a new SNL last night. It sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I was laughing. I listened. I did listen to la- the one we did last, and the SNL shitting is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I watched some of the Weekend Update. There was, you know, Che had a couple great ones in the Weekend Update, but that's the thing. They those guys are the head writers, so they set up the Weekend Update to be the tightest thing. Yeah. They prioritize their own. They're making yeah. themselves look good. Yeah. They're but they're not being good leaders as far as the that entire thing. It's like. Those sketches are just like wandering in the woods. It's crazy. Okay, here's a, here's the only interesting thing I can think to talk about with SNL is <laughs> the only about how thing. that there's this controversy about the, how that guy who kept 
calling Chinese people from Chinatown uh, a slur, and he got fired. Oh, uh, Shane Gillian. Yeah, we can talk oh, We don't need to say his name. We can talk shit about that We don't that need guy. to say the man's oh, name. Oh, I'd love to point it right at him, though. Well, well, it's funny, because a lot of comedians are taking different sides, and it's kind of the same thing with, like, the Joker that we talked about last time, where, like, uh-huh. they're like, oh, SJW culture doesn't allow for humor. Uh-huh. And it's like, no, you just have to be, like, contextual and funny and self-aware and not just blatantly bigoted that about that things. guy i would i'd recommend it to anyone who wants to just like have an out-of-body experience with someone being just openly openly racist homophobic and just, those guys clearly just hate women well yeah uh, that the, the clips i did see of that thing you're like well he just says whoa. it over and over again whoa he he did you listen to the there's a section uh that i that was cited when all that stuff was coming out of those two guys breaking down the hierarchy of what race and gender is the funniest? And they're like, well, white men, obviously. And like, you know, black guys. Black guys are pretty funny, too. Wait, was white men obviously the least funny? Oh, not in the... No, not to them, no. But the open way that they discuss black guys and chicks and Ugh. gay guys, like, it's so brutal. Well, and I... SNL is fucking ridiculous because they will hire a guy like that, realize he said some shit like that, fire him over it, but then also kind of, like, be riding such a uh, politically correct, safe line with a lot of the things they well, do. Well, and, you know, the way that they're doing... things that they have, as we've talked about before, like, are responsible for. Like, how... Um, like... How Trump got elected. Yeah. Like, and, they're, and they clearly... They're part in that. And they clearly have an agenda politically right now. Like, I think that... There is definitely an official, unofficial endorsement from SNL for Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, and I hate that. They really push her in all of the political sketches. Bernie, Bernie Sanders was not featured in the political debate yes, this thing is what's that they happen. did to open this episode. I don't want to get into my... I do have a lot of political opinions about 2020, but... Well, sure. That's for our other podcast. Yeah, I don't want to say too much It's called about the guillotine. That. It's called... It's called... <laughs> It's called the best deal. Oh my god! Speaking of that, I just want to show. I just want to show you my new uh, background on my phone. It's a cartoon drawing of Marcus Smart from the Celtics dreaming of a guillotine, because there is this incredible. Oh. There's this incredible su- Twitter subculture that is all built around my favorite Celtics player. They call him Smarf, and they it's like this also hyper communist community. So oh, there's great. a lot of this great. kind of humor. I it's love like, that. Oh my god! So it's, he's gonna be my next James Harden as far as shit. unnecessary guys in basketball that I like. Oh my god! Shouts to the Smarf clan. Okay, so <laughs> I'm glad we brought up basketball actually because I have been Excellent. seeing a lot of shit about the, China the thing. heat that LeBron. Yeah, LeBron got a lot of. I, uh, LeBron, who is very uh, educated and informed, and has always been very political, but, 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 but he is more educated and informed than people he goes around saying are not educated and informed uh-huh. on the on the global politics. <laughs> Yeah. Of anything. Yeah, it was a tough beat for him yesterday. It was a seven-minute video you, that I didn't. So, I so what, watch. what's your kind of stance on how that went down, or how to view that? Well, people, people are canceling that guy. You know. Yeah, people are people in Hong Kong are burning his jerseys. Uh, sure. I mean, it's been a really interesting thing because okay, so people, so when this story broke, when the Daryl Morey Twitter thing happened. Everyone was kind of freaking out, and they were like, wow, this is a really touchy subject. There's a lot of angles to this. We, you know, we want to make sure that we have all the information. And it's like, 
Okay, you don't really need to have a lot of information. Hong Kong wants, you know, wants to be able to operate the way that it wants to operate, and China is a, obviously a very problematic regime. There is not a lot of well, other, and there's the, not a lot the, of other relationship between Hong Kong and China is unlike any other. It is any it is, any is other unique. any is, other place yeah. on earth. Yes, you know they are a capitalist British colony that is part of China, but it's not part of China. Yeah. And it's been that way for, like, 150, 200 fucking years. Right. But for a lot of people in the United States to not support Hong Kong is pretty bizarre. Well, it's the kind of people who are like, protesters shouldn't fight the police because the police yeah. are... But also, exactly. But so, also, the government shouldn't have so much control over my life. Right. But so... It's, and, and here's it's the, just I'm gonna bad. Kinda, I'm going to kind of defend... So I'm going to kind of defend LeBron. Because there's been a lot of hemming and hawing from other players and other coaches, like Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich, these guys that are like typically really politically outspoken and like go at Trump all the time. And sure, but they've been, you know, these players when they are like thrown this subject in their face, kind of are like, I don't want to. F- I'm not. I am not going to besmirch my brand oh. by doing this. Well, yeah, but part the, of the clip of the woman, it's been going everywhere. Harden, the, Harden, and Westbrook, the British like, lady who's like. How do you feel about involving political discussions right. in the NBA? And they're like, I'm sorry, ma'am, you're not allowed to discuss things that don't have to do with the NBA. And she goes, but it does have to do with the NBA. Yeah, and it does. Uh, and they that was, t- But they take her mic away from her. Yeah. And it's like... It's been just, kind of a shit show. This is like the first real shit show that the NBA has had since the lockout, probably. I mean, the NFL has to do this like once a week, basically. But the NBA is usually clean of this. But here's what I was going to say, defending LeBron. Because they're progressive. Yeah, they're the woke league, right. Right. Uh, is that because of all of like the hemming and hawing and like these kind of nothing burger answers that the coaches and other players have been giving, there's been, I think, a lot of pressure on like, well, what is LeBron going to say? Because he's the one that was, you know, wearing... He's know, a face. He, well, he, I mean, yeah, he's the face of the he's, league. He's, he's, the, he's a Michael Jordan with a political exactly, angle. Cause, yeah, because Jordan... Because Jordan was like, fuck them kids. <laughs> yeah, Jordan wanted to do nothing with any of that bullshit, man. Jordan had to get paid to work with cartoon characters, man. Uh, but I think but I think that there's been a lot of pressure for LeBron to say something. So I think that the... And and obviously the, he's kind of posted responses to like what... if you, and if you listen to what he said, which I've read but not watched him say, because I, I just can't bear to watch some of those... I think that he was actually, he was kind of saying the opposite of what it sounds like he's saying, but still, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think that all of these players should be able to say whatever, what, whatever they want all the time. Yeah, and, they, well, that's like, and especially some of them should. I kind of hate is, when they don't. But this is I like think Kaepernick that, getting fired. Yes, like, but I think that pressuring them into saying stuff is fucked. That's totally fucked. Absolutely. That's, that's the opposite of letting them say whatever they want. Yes, yeah, if we're gonna score, if we're gonna give them that's, theater, that's if we're gonna do theater critics, that's more of a of a dictator fascist. Yeah, like, I agree. If we're gonna like take theater criticism on what it is that they do, then you know, you, you we can't have both things. Uh, we're, it's funny because we keep talking about these entertainment things the last couple weeks, and it's like, well, we're bridging making this a political conversation now. Yeah. And we're trying to really it dance is. around the is. fact that we are obviously kind of Bernie Sanders fans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, baby. But it's tough to have those conversations. Like, the entertainment industry and, like, in not just uh, film enter- entertainment, but just 
American pop, oh, yeah. popular pop culture. culture. Yeah. Like Billie Eilish just donated all of her Atlanta earnings to Planned Parenthood. That's super fucking woke, and I'm sure she can't afford it because her parents were already rich as far as I know. Oh, is that right? I don't fucking know. Oh. I don't know much about that girl except that one song. That this just in, her music sucks. One of, one, of the, one of the women that I know from, that I work with who's like middle-aged does like spin cycle, and that's one of the songs she plays. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with the, the younger generation now. They're all into the... the boys I don't know what's going on with the, the younger the, generation. The boys are into the Joker, and the girls are into Billie Eilish, and they're all on the TikTok cosplaying everybody's going to the jokester what's going on <laughs> we are we're slowly are transmogrifying into the morning show hosts oh we, god that we really wish we were wow some really brutal allegations about matt lauer came out this week again wow man they're really rough does it have to do with his hairline <sighs> no i wish it did oh no yeah, that guy's done. Whatever, dude. I want the fucking Epstein name. I want the Epstein name. There's so many. Good, there's still like memes coming out. They're like, hey, by the way, it's been five weeks, and we're talking about impeachment, and we're talking about a lot of crazy things that are just being pushed right now. But remember how that guy who had all the names of all the rich pedophiles died, killed, killed himself. Quotes. quotes. Yeah. Oh my god. It's un. It's unreal. We're going to be 70 years old, like, screaming at buses. Oh, absolutely, dude. It's going to be people <laughs> like, like, JFK was killed by the FBI yeah. and Hoover. Yeah. And we're like, whatever, old man. I was never like, whatever, old man. I was like, no, fuck I yeah, either. give me all of it. I wasn't either. But sometimes those old men also were billionaires. You know, those same... But you and know I what? sat down with those billionaires. You know what I think is more shit? Those same old men that will talk to you about the uh, Kennedy assassination... Won't hear about 9-11. Yeah. Oh, oh. You mean how they had plenty of information to know that that was probably going to happen, and they just did not it? fucking nothing. Yeah. I don't even go for the like full inside job. Oh my god, this podcast is getting <laughs> off. Christian, we are not a conspiracy theory, nine eleven truther podcast. What All right. is happening? All right, right now? let's talk succession. This is, this is what's going on in the world of entertainment. Is that we and like. Because how are they going to sell these movies to China if China isn't going to let them sell these movies? South, that is one of my South things. Park, I haven't been following this this thing, but I know South Park's been going Attack to war it. with the whole thing. Uh-huh. Because they made an episode about it. China didn't like it. Didn't like it. <laughs> Canceled South Park in China. And then South Park coming back with like uh, more episodes about it that are getting bootlegged and spread around China. Oh, wow. I mean, can you imagine this happening in our... I'm trying to think of the opposite scenario, because we have a lot of friction in the United States right now, but where there's, like, information about our our day-to-day lives that are coming from other countries that start spreading, like, wildfire, or being accused of conspiracy theory or whatever bullshit. But, I mean, like, it's gotten to such a level, it's like, South Park. (laughs) Like, basketball... Yeah, these are the um, things that are going to get um, us killed. World of Warcraft, like Marvel movies. These are things that like are somehow wrapped up in the Influencing economics, the politics, economics yeah. of World War 3. Yeah. Or the next cold the next cold war. Right. And I realize we sound crazy right now. I I I I feel steady I've, as a but, piano. But I I but not to get as not to get off topic of craziness, I was telling you before, 
because I've ranted about copyright law, uh-huh. like, and, like, you have things like Monsanto and stuff like that. Like, it's not just mm-hmm. entertainment. Like, mm-hmm. it gets into yeah. the, the food people grow. So there's people who grow a certain potato or a certain grain that is copyrighted and then, like, have their farms. And this is in other parts of the world because mm-hmm. they had they got a seed, a copyrighted seed. Yeah. Then you look at the weed industry, and those motherfuckers are just cloning shit and trying to make it crazier and crazier and oh, crazier sure. and crazier. And they're inspired by the business that's growing out of that. That happens with uh, in uh, wine, like with roots and stuff. People will buy, uh, you know, roots from. Yeah, they'll yeah. auction that shit off. I bet. Yeah, so you can like. You oh my can, god. You can grow clone, and that's they like, do that. They do that in Palisade. They have. Uh, that's like kind of a pretentious movie I'd watch. Is like the wine grape auction, where they're just auctioning off branches of a fucking vine. Lucky for you, I've already written it. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> All right, It'd man. Be like best in show. While we're on the topic of wine, I say, let's talk succession. Hit the music. Succession, succession, who's gonna be the daddy or the mommy? Did you watch that? That's the video I sent you, was the, who wants a kiss from daddy? Who wants a kiss from daddy? It's really funny. No, but I did listen to the candle rap a couple times this week. Hell yeah. Alright, season finale. What a finale. Dude, what a fucking show. That, that, that finale's like... So Game of Thrones just, like, politically hijacked the best drama last season of the Emmys. Yeah. But I think this finale was, I mean, so, so much better. It just oh as a As a capper to this whole season. Holy shit. If it was a little longer than the rest of them, I feel like. It might have been. But it definitely had a, it definitely had I think a different pace than a lot of them than a lot of the other ones did. It really it had a beginning, a middle and an end. Yeah. It didn't just set you up for the next it set you up for a new season, not just a new episode. Sure, but it definitely closed a little chapter. Oh yeah. The, we well like we've talked about this Today show. Today is show, the day if, his show, reign if ends. If the show's modeled after Shakespeare and every season's oh, yeah. an act, we saw the end of this act and mm. we are Gonna go to intermission, excited to see what the next act. And is. any and fans of Shakespeare will know that Act Three is the best act of most Shakespeare plays. Sure, it's the uh, it's three out of five. That's usually when that's your shit. Yeah. When the shifts really. Act Two is typically the boring one. So if Succession can follow that uh, trajectory, that I'm all in. Well, if this was the I'm boring anyway. season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was the boring season. <laughs> well, like I said, this was the shiv season a little bit. And I right. and and I don't know. Remember, I was like, Roman might do set himself up to be in well, a good spot the, for next season, and he did. Right, the beginning of the episode was, definitely le- was leaning that like Roman is the future. So the finale takes place on the yacht. Yes, and they're one of the most outrageous yachts. They're taking a. They're all taking a vacation after the after the hearing. But it's like a Logan ordered retreat, sort of. Yes, this is not a vacation as much as it, as it is. Who's a going, final destination? Who's going to whose head is going to be on the chopping block? Yeah, and to save the rest of them. Yeah, and so everyone is freaking out, and Logan's like, "We're a family, and we'll make this decision together." And everyone knows that means that it could be any of them, and it'll be up to him. Yeah, so that's why the the I mean, obviously, God, there's that, there's so much in this episode, but it's like people stabbing each other in the face. 
as opposed to the back, basically. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes time to, like, debate who has more worth here. Right. So let's run down the list of characters. All right. Ending with Kendall. We'll end with Kendall. Uh, do you want to start with Shiv and Tom? Yes, I totally want to talk about that. Because uh, that, we had brought that up a couple weeks ago that I was like, I always want more of this, and then this episode finally was it like, brought it here to it is on a, a fucking platter. Head. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. They, they, when it starts, they're supposed to have a threesome that they've lined up <laughs> with, with a hooker who's also like a... No, she works on the boat. She works on the boat, but I'm sorry, she's not a hooker. She's also a sex worker, though. They're going to pay to have we'll a cut, threesome. We'll cut that. They're going to have a threesome with You don't have to... I'm constantly... I'm correcting myself. <laughs> Whatever. They're going to have sex with this woman that they are paying to have sex with them as weird billionaires. Yeah. And she's does also... Every, does everyone she's who works like, on the boat She's also... the woman who's, like, doing Greg's pedicure earlier. And, and Tom's like, is that the girl? Like... As if he were uh, uh, Arrested Development, like Michael, is this the girl? <laughs> like, wow, maybe at, this, maybe at the end of this episode we should assign who is exactly who. Yeah, we we should. I think we've talked about that before. Yeah, I mean it begs. But the, is that that plot shifts gears because when they're gonna do it, he is like slowly backtracks through, and that is such he, a... the whole time in that scene he's playing with like a coat hanger. And you're like, he's so uncomfortable. Like, it's such, it makes you uncomfortable to right. watch him. Because you're like, motherfucker, what are you doing with that coat hanger? Well, and his tension on the subject has built and built and built. I'm, I'm, and they obviously had to finish here. But the, the scene that they finally have on the beach together. Yes. And there's And some, he says, I did not agree to an open marriage like this. I'm not a hippie. I'm not a fucking hippie. Right. Yeah. And the, Shiv's response to that initially is so funny. Because she goes from, like, being shocked... To, oh, and this Obviously is, knowing that. Right. And then there's she does this moment where she almost... She feels bad. She feels... She does... Because he's like... Because he's so open and he's like... Yeah. But she almost tries to like play on the on the emotion, apologizing. Yeah. But like can't, can't quite get it everyone out. Everyone in this family is a trained sociopath. Yeah. Who cannot, who has terrible sense of self to real feelings, to honesty, to any of that. Right. The, the, the conclusion of that plotline was basically Tom doing my favorite thing, I think, in the whole episode. He took my fucking chicken. Well, yeah, Tom fucking rolls in there like a psycho <laughs> with those glasses on, and he sits down and he fucking eats Logan's chicken to his face, like right in his face, and he goes, thank you for the chicken, Logan. And he's like, just like, slapping his dick in his face. Like, if you're gonna fire me, motherfucker, remember that I am your son-in-law. Well, but then and I've been cucked by your daughter. Well, but and, and then, I'm so then sick of this shit. So Shiv lays herself on the coals to protect Tom. She threw which, Tom on the coals. She did in the meeting, but at the end, she says to Logan, "Yeah, but just Shiv, not Tom." Shiv had no clout at that point. Shiv had already. I think that Shiv has a lot of clout. But I think in Logan's There's mind, a reason the two episodes have ended with her and Logan watching TV together. But I agree that she's still in his inner circle. But, like, the one of the big arcs of this season is how she fucked up and Rhea slipped in. Well, sure, but she does. But she but she negotiates well, it's, it's, with it's, Logan to not a, get rid of Tom. It's, it's like with Kendall where you're like, well, he made a comeback, though. This season, he made a comeback with his father. We'll get to Kendall. Yeah. Alright, so let's talk about Roman. Roman was kidnapped by some 
Not kidnapped. Uh, he was held hostage. And then... he, okay, he was held hostage, but in, in... But it all worked out. In Abu Dhabi. Is that where they were? That's no, not where they no were. I'm just kidding. They were in Dubai-ish thing. It was like very rich... Yeah. Arab princes and stuff. Yeah, but they, but they, that worked out. When they worked out a deal, the two old guy, two old white guys were his like cronies for that. And then, but Ronan said to Logan, "This is bullshit." Ronan, Roman, Roman, Ronan, Roman. Sorry. <laughs> what does Houston say? He says uh, he should hold a gun to his head more often. Yeah, and then one guy walks. There's there's several scenes in this where people leave the yacht. Yeah. There's also the Pierce girl no, because. Okay. Oh. We'll get to Naomi Randall. Pierce. But, but Roman, Those are the main Roman mostly comes out of... I mean, that's kind of the end of Roman's run in the episode. But also, I mean, the the real great Roman moment... But he comes out on a good high. Yeah, the they great... They put Ro- him as the new COO. Yes, he takes the, after the full position yes. that they were splitting. The real great Roman moment of the episode was uh, him telling t- uh, Kendall and Shiv that... Can we not just talk like normal humans? Yes! Oh my god, I was laughing so hard. Can we hard. not just talk like Can normal humans? Can we not just talk shit? like normal humans? <laughs> I was cackling at the screen during that scene. Oh my god! Because you finally see... It's nice to see the three of them kind of plotting together. I die and every then, time. And then teasing their little brother where he's like, Can we just talk like normal people and not get too sentimental? And they go... Oh my god. Anytime that, the, anytime that those three are like... They the, grew up together. Every time they love each other, I die. Yeah, I, I kind of want that to be the way the show works. Is like just team up for once. <laughs> yeah, just, the three of you love each other. The three of you can rule this empire and possibly benevolently. Yeah, you know, and not be your father. And instead, yeah. all of them are just like cutthroat. They've been taught to be so cutthroat that they treat each other that way. They're not on the same team. Were they team. taught to be Rhea killers? Helped, but Rhea helped them do a little bit of that. Yeah, she yeah she did kind of light a spark under their ass. Rhea was definitely some kerosene. In yeah, the equation. it was an important boss battle. Yeah, yeah, that's, for, yeah, that's for, what you said last For time. the uh, succession children. Uh, we could talk about Connor, but... <laughs> oh, no, I do want to talk about Logan. Connor basically pleaded to Logan to give him more money to finance... A little hundred million dollars. A little... A little Dad, a little hundred million dollars. Dad, just a little hundred. Like, what a fucking jackass. And also, this I show, heard this you show, just away five hundred thousand dollars. This show, this show is God. good at constantly reminding you of the context of the opulence of these people, because they are like modern pharaohs who just snap their fingers and lives change. Yeah. Many, many lives change. They're yeah. so powerful. Yeah. So for him to. Th- Flippantly be like oh, a little hundred mil. Yeah, and Logan's like fuck you, and he's and he ult- gives him the ultimatum. He's like your campaign's a joke. If you want me to bail out your fucking horse play, not to yeah. call her horror, but your prostitutes play, like his, that's some Logan. So so I guess to look ahead just for a second, I guess the presidential campaign's not going to happen. I really thought that was going to be a, a. But in I I can still see next season Connor being like. Dad, I'm just gonna run for governor. <laughs> I told you I wouldn't run for president. I'm just gonna be a governor, and okay. then I can be president down the line. I'm gonna prove to you, Dad. I think that's valid. because because when they were going around the, I tape, think you're gonna be glad to have this on <clears throat> on record. That table scene where they were all going around and throwing each other under the bus, and yeah. it's just like, well, what about you? Well, what about me? Well, what about them? And Connor's had an entire and bottle Connor, of Burgundy. And Connor said, <laughs> after having been told that his father has no faith in his presidential run, he goes, Dad, just let me do it. I'll do it. 
And and Logan looks at him. He's like, no one's gonna fucking believe that you're the secret brains behind the operation. You fucking moron. I appreciate. Like it's devastating. He's like, I appreciate your offer, but uh, let's think about it some more. Uh. And Jerry even talks about Kendall. She goes, well, the eldest son. I mean, second eldest son. <laughs> and they cut to Connor, who's just like, what am I, chop fucking liver over here? Just fucking A1 stuff. Okay, so should we... Should, well, should we Let's just, talk about Kendall. Should we just give Greg that one little shout-out for the rosé scene? Because it's incredible. Oh, it's not my favorite. Oh, you have a favorite... You have a favorite champagne? You have a fucking favorite champagne, Greg? Well, you can't help but notice. I would love to play Tom. Ugh. Tom's the character. Who do you want to play in this as an actor? Actor to actor, if we could did like a stage version of this, which character would you? Well, want you to know play? who I would. You know who I think is the funnest part, and we, and we should give this a little shout out is fucking Stewie. I would love to play Stewie. Stewie's fantastic. That scene was great. I was listening to another. I'd also like to play Ronan. Ronan. Roman. 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 Romulus. Romulus. Uh, another podcast brought this up, and I was kind of floored to hear this. There's ten episodes. Stewie is in three scenes in the entire... In this season? Yes. But he was in enough last season to be, like, a presence that yeah, still exists. Yeah, but even in those three... And I guess the the, the their proxy battle is... Is part of the, the whole scene season. he had with Kendall and Logan because Logan was desperate straits and he's like call Stewie. And they meet up with Stewie and Stewie's like, go fuck yourself. Yeah, basically to both of them and he, which is exactly how some Shakespeare act oh, yeah. shit would end. Is and the guy that they were dealing with earlier was like, you fucked it up. Yeah. Now and you're on my bad side. And I loved it the, the the because that that whole piece of the episode. Came and went very quickly. They obviously brought that up in the beginning, but them taking that boat out to wherever Stewie is, and then and he coming was nearby. back, like that all that all happens really quickly. And it was doing such a good job of like, okay, we tried this. Okay, maybe Roman has good news. Nope. It, nope. Okay, we're gonna go try this thing with Stewie. Nope. And it was kind of just like going back, going down the list, and back, and it was like Kendall, yeah. Kendall. Yeah, Kendall. it all goes the bell back was to ringing. Kendall. And there was the one shot that and I texted you this, that I was like, oh, Yeah, early fuck. on when he's doing the crucifix. Yeah, when he's crucified in the pool, I was like, oh, that is that is precisely my shit, right up my alley. Love to see a shot like that. And within a minute and a half is followed by, what do you mean, Dark Marble? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we just, should we just talk about our boy? Yeah, so Kendall... The number one boy. So, well, Kendall ends up being... The choice, the whole tension of the entire episode is who's going to be Logan's chopping block. Yeah. And... I mean, we kind of knew it was going to be Kendall the whole time. Well, they they really bounce it around. Yeah. They really play that, like, it could just be two of these underlings they throw under the bus, and everyone's, like, everyone's fucking... That scene is great, where they're just... What about you? Uh, what about you? Yeah. What about you? Like yeah. it's vicious and gross. They're just like a bunch of vampires. Roman does have vampires a just like <laughs> sucking off a bunch each of other. Vampires. Like hyenas. That's like, great shit. Jackals. Roman does have a very uh, sweet moment defending Jerry. Yo, and he had, and he has a really sweet moment when Kendall is announced as the choice, where he goes, no, 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 yeah. no, and he's yeah. looking at him. He's like, are you okay? And Kendall's got. Tears in his eyes. And so Roman's when is, like, fuck I have a this. question for you. I love Roman. Man. I do too. I love He defended he did defend the fuck out of Jerry. Yeah. I'm... And he and he and he made the point, he's like, 
Oh, because she's a woman, and that's how he saved her. Do we really want to? Do we really want to fire the only? Do we really want to kill another woman? Senior exec. Uh, okay, I have a question for you. I'm sorry, I keep playing with these flowers for whoever's listening. I'm like making noises. We said it was the ASMR episode. It's the ASMR episode. Uh, when does Kendall decide to do what he does? That was the... I sent you the article where they asked right. Jesse Armstrong that, and he said... And he said it's up to us, so to he you... He said he might have a different idea than uh, Jeremy Strong does, then, and it's okay for whenever you're, you as the audience know that. Um, but I think that's a really hard question to answer. Because I know, cause I know because that... Jeremy I, Strong plays it like he accepts and placates to the decision. He kisses uh, Brian Cox on the cheek. Right. Because I think that and, that would be... after he goes, you're not a killer. Yeah. That's, I think, when people think that... I think it's be... when he says, you're not a killer. I think that might be a good... My favorite answer is when he goes, he goes, dad, he do goes dad, do you think I could have done it? And he goes, no, because you're not a killer. And I think he goes, I'm going to kill you now. And that's where... I think that's my favorite answer to that question. I think that... Okay, so I hear that because I think that it, that reads... Pretty clear. Well, that would click the man's pride on such a deep level to but be I like, you know what, motherfucker? I will kill you. I'll show you what a goddamn killer I am, old man. It's some Caesar Brutus. I just kind of wonder if Kendall hasn't always been prepared to do this. Because he... <sighs> so Greg clearly has the things. Greg the, has the, the papers. The three papers in his butt. And then they, so they fly over together, but Kendall and Greg, Kendall gave Greg an apartment. Yeah, they have a relationship of their they're, own. They're they have bond. their own little scenes. If this were Shakespeare, Greg would be this weird go-between Tom and yeah, and uh, Kendall, where he's like a lackey to both of them, and you kind of don't, you don't notice how maybe something right. integral like a note like, right. affects the entire plot. Jesus, I'm sorry. So, Kendall's... Has Kendall been a killer since he uh, became a killer? And I was he? Kendall, and was he, when he... when maybe, he was, was he always a killer? Like, think about... So the was end he of, pretending to go... Do you think this whole season and all of the post... Uh, car crash shit from last season is, like, a, a ploy? And he's uh, he still wanted to fuck his dad over this whole well, time. Well, I guess the the thing that I, my thought is that as soon as Logan had forgiven and embraced and vowed to protect Kendall, that's when he decided to take him down. Is that no? Is that he knew that he might always have to? Or because he because he if if Logan always has this over him, Kendall right. needs to find something but that can right. fight him back. Well, and the the thing with so he's maybe not always been planning to do it, but has always been prepared to do it. The warped, and was given the reason to have to do it. Well, the warped thing about that, like you're my favorite boy thing, is that my he, number one, boy. my number one boy, <laughs> my number one guy. Uh, he agreed to help him get out of this problem. Yeah. But in doing so, it was like an extortion tactic. To have Kendall, like, you're going to do whatever the fuck we want because otherwise yeah. we will reveal you as a killer. Yeah, he, like, neutered, he neutered him. And that's why it's funny that that's the phrase he uses. He's like, you're not a killer. And he's like, motherfucker, he killed a man and yeah. you are blackmailing him for it. Like, Jesse Armstrong, I think he's the real, the real hero. He's the real number one boy. Oh my god, man. 
Yeah, he worked. He wrote for a couple of comedy shows that I've heard of, like Peep Show. Did you ever watch Peep Show? I've never watched any of these other things that he did. But there was like co- comedic. I things. might go back to them now. Like comedy is his background, but this show is high level Shakespeare. But then it's just like, it, you'll it'll be a dramatic moment, and Tom will say something like, like. It just sucked. I don't know. Or to shiv. Like, something so basic and yeah, not highfalutin. Yeah, Tom Tom has a, at least um, linguistically speaking, Tom has a, has a good in. In a moment of intense drama. Yeah. It's, this show thrives in the moments of intense drama, especially comedically. And the characters who have nothing to hold back and are just saying exactly what they're fucking thinking. Yeah. Because the... Unless they are lying... And it's so deliberate, and it's so recognized, and I'm sure they sit around and they go, that's a lie, that's the truth, that's the omission, that's the thing that right. can help you sell the story. Right. Uh, that's how fucked up these characters are. They're like trained sociopaths. So do we want to do season three predictions? Sure. And then take a little break? Sure. After you, my um, frere. Well, okay, so I guess I don't, I don't really have any predictions, but I guess I have questions that maybe we can discover our uh, predictions. Where does the next season pick up? The shareholders meeting? Because um, that's what the, the... This entire season has been like the shareholders meeting, the shareholders meeting, the shareholders meeting. It's been building it out the entire time. I think the next season will start with Kendall. Sure. But I, but the, the this season started... With Kendall. Two days... Talking after, about his dad. But it was two days after right. the wedding. Right, right. Kendall's kind of... So does the next Kendall's, season... I think Kendall is the... Hamlet of the story. Yeah. And will be, like, it's, he's gonna be a huge through line thing. I think he's gonna get alienated from the family, and I think his siblings are- That's why I guess I'm asking where you think it's gonna start in the timeline of the show, because if it's- Probably immediately. Because I think that the the shareholders meeting is, like, a week away from whatever whatever they're at. It'll probably start with that, and- So it might start with Logan at the It might start with Logan being like- we're cutting Kendall off, and we're going to react to that after the shareholders meeting, but it's going to be fucked because of what a Kendall said, uh-huh. and it'll go to shit, and then Logan's going to go to war with Kendall, and and Shiv and Roman will... But if the shareholders be- meeting goes to shit, then they lose the fucking company. They lose the they lose the firm. It'll be, they'll work in a negotiation out where there'll still be an influence like our our Thane and your Thane and our Fife and your Fife kind of Macbeth shit. I think Cherry you know Jones I mean? comes to say that. Yeah, day. or they're like, we will own a third of the company now uh-huh. of this grand monopolistic mon- monopoly uh-huh. of a media empire that uh-huh. they're putting together and. And I think Shiv and Roman will be standing behind their dad like they know to do, but they will both... Shiv doesn't work for the company, though, so Shiv might might be... Well, that's why it'll make it her easier Who to, knows? to float around like she does. I don't know if we ever talked about that scene in the hearing where she, like, like Satan talked that girl into not... Yeah, yeah, we didn't really talk about that. Like, Shiv was, like, the devil in that scene. Yeah. So she's capable of... She's on her... They're all on their own element. They're all yeah. on their own little story and their own yeah. path. And I think Roman's gonna rise into more power, but he's also going to... They're gonna, they're gonna be conflicted because they're gonna want to take Kendall's side over their dad's, I think, morally, but uh-huh. for the sake of their own power... Here's something I just thought of, is that Greg is clearly playing for Team Kendall. Everyone's playing, yeah. But he is, you know, 
hard evidence playing for Team Kendall. Over, if he had to choose between Tom and Kendall, I think he would choose Kendall. He clearly already chose Kendall. He gave Kendall the papers that he's using as this entire ammunition. Oh, that's right. I forgot that was the link. They show, When he goes, I have the information, and they cut to Greg's like pocket. I forgot that. That's right. Greg's... That's because we knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Those papers had to turn up if somewhere. He was going to come so and play. If that it would be is... like in Shakespeare if he like pointed at the guy and he's like, that motherfucker brought me the papers. So if Greg tells his uh, uncle James Cromwell that he's the reason that this is happening to Logan, he's going to get that quarter of a billion dollars. Possibly. Probably. After that figure after, after a really fun and tense conversation. That sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's gonna be like a fucking incredible James Cromwell. <laughs> he's like, scene. I don't think I should. And he's like, but I'm on your side. And he'll be like, I don't know. And That's like, another prediction. I don't know. James Cromwell will okay, here you go. James Cromwell will definitely die. Greg will get that money because of the shit that he did with Kendall. J- Greg and there's will, gonna be Greg will be like more powerful than any of anybody and else. And <laughs> the crown on Greg's little foolish like head. Like, and is there like, anything more Jughead with his little crown? Holy shit. You know they're gonna call him Jughead. They what did they call someone called him and Tom like Bert Ernie or but can Big, you think Big of Bird, a, Big Bird and Right. Can you think of a more succession esque bottle episode than Logan's brother's funeral? Or just Greg getting all this money. Well, but the bottle the episode symbolic, would, the bottle episode the would be the, where, the but, funeral that they Yeah, but attend. the immediate next one of them being like, Greg now has more money than all of us. That's absolutely happening. And they would be like, we have to treat him as an equal or a superior now. And they're all kissing his ass and he doesn't know how to do... Like, oh my god, this show's so fucking good, man. That's the the show that we just imagined. Yeah, but I think our predictions have been, like, pretty... I mean... That seems on the level, though, right? We've been we've been riding the wave of accurate predictions. Sometimes we're way off because they're brilliant. There's brilliant writing. Sometimes we're on point because they are also giving us foreshadowing and leading yeah. us on. Yeah, yeah, they leave you the trail for sure. Totally. You knew that there was going to be a sexual dynamic between Roman and Jerry. Yeah, very right. Because of some like side glance shenanigans. You know, I don't know. All right. Well, you know, what else to say about succession? The last thing that I'm going to say about We're succession just, is that just gush for days. I'm going to fucking miss it until it comes back. Yeah, but we'll talk about it all the time. I'm sure. Oh yeah. We'll probably rewatch it and tell all our friends to watch it because this show I think is now starting to get to the point where well, uh, these are the kind of shows where if they run for five or six or seven seasons, they really don't get a lot of viewership till they've already run for a couple. And guys yeah. like us go around and say, you should fucking watch this. Oh, yeah. It's about these opulent billionaires who rule the world and any and, and have this incredible power. Uh. And it's really funny. <laughs> and it's like Shakespeare. All right. Succession fucking rules. We're going to take a break. Then we're going to come back. We're going to talk about the fucking deuce. Yeah, you guys take a break, too, and listen to this cool song from the show we like. Speaking of union, man, the deuce. Uh, the deuce. The deuce is back. Thank you. The deuce is back. The form, and I think part of it is that we thought there were only five episodes. Yeah. So now we are invigorated. Fuck yeah. By knowing that it turned the fucking dial up. 
Oh, yeah, and these stories that they've been kind of building up this season will actually have time to complete themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we're really excited about the deuce again. Yes, thank God. Oh the God. show is is doing what it used to do for me when we were the second season. I feel like if we, I feel like if we knew there were going to be more than more episodes, yeah, we would We've we've had some. I would have been a little more. Patient. We've had some blue glasses on. Yeah, yeah. I was just being just just being an impatient viewer when we should have just been trusting in what they were going to do. Yeah, yeah, and the fact and knowing that HBO wouldn't just cut these guys off at five episodes. So where do we want to start? Because there's, you know, there's three characters that I think we've dialed in on. We'll really need the attention from that last episode. Well, there's one, there's three, I think, out of what, the five or six that they kind of follow that we really are invested in for this yeah. season. The for, first, I guess we can just get this out of the way because I know that we're on the same page with this one. Yeah, yeah. Is that Black Frankie just owns every single second of screen time that he has, and it is one of the best character, like, the most lived in fully realized, completely... <laughs> well, I was talking about... Every inflection that that guy, every breath and, like, movement that that guy has, I completely buy. Like, yeah, that guy does not seem like he lives even outside of he's the moment like, that he he's is such a top. He's such, like, a top enforcer for this whole group of earners that we're following in this thing. I was talking to Huck about Black Frankie and how you look at him in these season, this season, he's, like... He's wearing expensive suits and stuff now. Like his, you yeah, can, his clothes have changed. His arc, yeah, absolutely. His arc from guy in the back of a van selling guns and talking about Vietnam has yeah. been an incredible, like favorite of. I got mine. a crib, dude. It's he's <laughs> and and he's like soft spoken and chill and but, but very he, firm at the same time. Yeah, he just gets shit done. He knew how to do that fucking the tricky Yeah, exactly, dude. <laughs> that was some fucking jungle. Vietnam yeah. shit that he yeah. like witnessed in a tent once. Yeah. And, and his and his moments in this last episode were smaller than that one, obviously. But I just watching that episode, I was like, this guy is putting on a fucking clinic and like living in his moments as an actor. He's fucking great. Well, and being like such a likable character. Oh yeah. Like if we were going to spoon feed me, if we we're going to talk about the Shakespearean dynamics of the Deuce or whatever, <laughs> like that would be a fantastic. The Deuce, like, the guy. Deuce is more Jacobian than it is. Yeah, Shakespearean. yeah, 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 totally. But there's which a is guy, why I fuck with but, it. <laughs> but there's a guy like that. It's like the soldier. Oh, yeah. It's like the soldiers in mm -hmm. Three Sisters who just like roll by and get shit done and party and have a good time, but are also like. The guy you they call like they call that guy. Yeah, I'm glad we're starting with Black Frankie. I just wanted I I just love that guy's performance. I thought you were gonna talk about Paul. <sighs> okay, let's talk about Paul. I do have one little note that I want to add into this because I know that a couple weeks ago, when Todd was still walking with the living, they showed a scene of a play that he was in, and we were like, I don't know what that is. It's a play called Bent that is a very important play to the gay community. The that we probably World War Two Holocaust. Yeah, and that's one that we probably should have known, but I've never seen it. So, well, we live in people a, should fucking produce in, we, that. Yeah, someone in this town should produce that play. Then. But I but I know that it's a big. I know that that play is a kind of a monumental. Well, moment. we did know we did know that was a real play. Yeah, this this, sh this show does not make up anything it's all bit it's all yeah. real shit there's another good theater reference that and there actually there were two in this one scene and if we're going to talk about paul let's talk about this scene because i 
cried. I cried out loud. Um, when he has all of the pictures of Paul, uh, or not all the pictures, all the pictures of Todd, his, his, his lover, lover, who is now deceased, he has them sprawled out on the bar that he's showing to Abby. She pulls up one. She says 5th of July, which is obviously uh, also another play of the period. That's a big Steppenwolf play. And the, the moment, I think the, probably the acting moment of the season is when he quotes, he gives the little King Lear quote to Abby, which I, paraphrasing is, uh, what fleas are to little boys or we to the gods or whatever the thing is. And she doesn't know what it is, and he says, Shakespeare. And then he holds up the, the picture of Todd, and he says, do you think I could have lived with this man for ten years and not picked up it? And then he just, like I kind of want to do right now, just, just breaks down. Just breaks it down. It is one of the like most beautiful character journeys I've ever seen in anything, I think. Well, and I feel like this show is finally giving that its front seat. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's been, like, the Paul plot and the building, even in the last season, the building tension of the AIDS epidemic was being foreshadowed, but always is kind of a B-plot. Yeah. And now that we've only got a few characters that we're really following, that is definitely, like, the most, if not one, or one of the most compelling of those plots. Yeah, God, I don't know. I don't really know what else to say about, it, but it, and I mean, in that he was gonna, he is prepared to. Uh, should he? Should he die yeah, from the? Exactly. Should he, he die he, from he it? He thinks there's. He's. He thinks his. He's probably got his <laughs> own death sentence mm-hmm. on the way, because of because of this relationship. And he's prepared to give all of his. All the money from liquidating all of the clubs and all the stuff back to the thing. There's a lot of Tony Kushner. What a great character. There's a lot of angels and Tony Kushner. It makes me want to see him as America, actually. But like in a really healthy way. Because angels in America is about like the most unhealthy way a couple could deal with that. You know? (laughs) Yeah, 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 wow, that's great stuff. But this plot was his like just devotion through the entire situation, bringing yeah. in Todd's parents and then ending the episode calling his own father. And we thought that was the end of the goddamn show. And we were like, that's a satisfying I that. ending. I buy that, like, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I've got, I've got nothing for praise for that actress performance and that that whole streak of the writing. But if we're talking, if we're talking about the epidemic, that can lead us into... Uh, Mike? Mike. Who is yeah, that's hard to pill swallow watching that one. Yeah. Mike, who we haven't seen much of other than being offered a club, is yeah. given a... Uh, the essence. No. Not, I mean, in, not, his, not, in his mind, he, certainly. He's, he's not given a positive, but they're like, this, whatever the result was, they're like, this insinuates that you probably are going to... He says the beginning of the end, and the doctor says this is the end of the beginning. Yeah. The end of the beginning. That's like the was that the title of the episode? Because it should have been. The episode was this trust thing. Yeah, it should have been the end of the beginning. But then, so he goes to the club and tells Vince that he's got to go. And I wonder if that's the last that we see of him. If he's doing, if he's, if he's preemptively doing. I don't know if we're gonna see Darlene again after last week. You know. Yeah. Also, speaking of back and touching back to what we started this with of things that we thought were wasted plots. Uh, Madonna, uh, yeah, Tooth Girl is, is back. back. So she I guess back. that so I guess that that little plot was kind of a waste of time. But they just knows, wanted to get David Morrison man. man. Like they, we know we have a couple at least episodes left to go, and yeah. they've they've 
we had so many assumptions about how we thought this season was like not meeting our expectations that they were clearly just building up something. Yeah. So who knows what's going to happen? It was very foolish of us to think who this knows wasn't if gonna... Larry Brown is going to show up in the last episode and save the day. and save the day <laughs> like Superman. So okay, so what is the day to be saved? Is it Vince's life? I don't know. I think okay. Are we going to talk about the Vince plot now? Let's let's do Vince. We're going down the list. Of, I have I have mixed feelings about the Vince stuff. I think so. We've seen. Sorry, I keep talking about this thing. Um, we've seen that the guy who gangster guy whose name we can't remember, Eddie Dillfingers, or whatever. <laughs> Eddie Dillfingers. Dill Pickles. Dillfingerino. Dill fucking pickles. Uh, Tommy, Tommy Donovan. Tommy Longo. Tommy Longo. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> See, we got it. <laughs> we just had to figure it out. Hell we just yeah, had to do a little word association. Yeah. So Tommy Longo is, is the one who connected Frankie to the guy that killed Frankie, that Vince killed the guy, and he's the son of a made man, and Rudy's now getting involved and slaps Tommy Longo around. And Ooh, let's talk, can we talk, let's talk about that scene. The one where you slaps around? Oh my god. That was great. That was great shit. Well, that's one of those ones where, like, the show's finally getting back into it. We haven't seen much of, like, the mafia Well, and that, relation. And that It's just been like, are you going to give me a cut? Are you going to give me a cut? And you're yeah. like, maybe these guys will kill Frankie. And it was a red herring. Yeah. Well, but also, I mean, season. like, Tommy Longo has Tommy been... Tommy Longo was has been, Rudy was. Has you been, thought maybe Rudy might be the one to kill Yeah, him. but Tommy Longo has been in the shadows, secretly going to be the... The true evil of like the kind of in retrospect, obviously, obviously. Well, yeah, but you know, yeah. The only, of course, the Kendall, only of other course mafia was guy fuck besides, Logan at the end. yeah, exactly. Of course, uh, Tommy Longo. But that was a. I thought that that was such a that. So that scene between Rudy and Tommy is one of those scenes where you're like, oh man, this is Pelicanus and Simon being like, we've always wanted to have the good two 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 wise guy. And he's, uh, and he's mob slapping scene. One guy's standing over another guy in a chair and just like repeatedly slapping him in the face. Yeah, and one of the. I mean, like, you disrespect me after everything I've done for you. All the years we've known each All other. I've, I've been like a father to you. <laughs> Shenanigans. But, like, you know, just like shoot it into my fucking veins. I'm, sure. I'm fucking here. Absolutely. And that was one of the best wide shots and just great physical acting when Rudy lifts up his hand that last time. And you see the entire. And Tommy the entire other half of the bar is aware of what's going on in the tiny little billiard room next door. Can you imagine? And everyone's just silently like, oh my god, there's some, <laughs> this motherfucker's gonna shoot this man. Yeah, and then he does. No, the other guy the does. The other guy does. And then Tommy yeah. Longo shoots Rudy. In the damn face. And it was not surprising at that point, but like... No, I kind of felt it. You're like, well, now Vince has no protection, because Rudy had committed himself to protecting Vince, and Vince's choice to kill this guy on behalf of Frankie as an Mm -hmm. earner, and he went to the higher up guy, I the older guy. We've not not met this guy. The maid guy. The maid guy. And he was like, this was my call. So maybe Longo got paid by them, who fucking knows. The, but after, Rudy, after Rudy the had kind of like, we find out Rudy's the Professor Snape of this entire show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who wow. really had Very Vincent's good. back. HP in, fans rejoice. Yeah, <laughs> who was to Vince's Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> I was protecting you this whole time, I've boy. I've been protecting you this whole time. 
Obviously. I'm so annoyed I made a Harry Potter reference. Hey man, I read Harry Potter. But we should do a, a Wizard People episode. Sure. We could just do a Harry Potter episode. <laughs> okay. And just go down a real rabbit hole. Katie will, need to, will want to be on that. Yeah, I think that's what this show will devolve to. <laughs> Uh, also, crazy thing about, so that guy who plays Tommy Longo, I can't remember that actor's name. I don't know. He, I read somewhere, I believe, was the original guy that Matthew Weiner wanted for Don Draper. I thought it was the guy who plays Rudy that you said. No, that. it was the guy who, I think he plays Longo. Oh, the entire time I thought that, like, a Rudy guy was, had read for Don Draper. And I was like, really? The Longo guy, I kind of see it sometimes, but I'm like, he's got none of John Hamm's, uh... He seems like ten years younger than John Hamm. I they're probably pretty. Solid. That guy does not have the hair that John Hamm has. John Hamm is goddamn Superman looking. Yeah, like yeah. you just need a yeah. that the part of Mad Men to to go off on the rails. Did you just want to talk about John Hamm. Well, well, it's like he's like so fucking handsome. <laughs> he's like Sam Spade. <laughs> he's like Christopher Marlowe. Wrapped up in a big old John Wayne pancake. John Wayne pancake. <laughs> oh god. Hell yeah, though, dude. <laughs> fuck yeah, John Hamm. Well, this show. I the love Don Draper performance. I love that there are certain things where like we're always gonna go back to The Wire and Mad Men, <laughs> and somehow make whatever we're talking about have um, to do with the character from one of those two shows. Oh Jesus. Or well, maybe Breaking Bad on occasion. Oof. You know, I've got. Huh. I gotta watch. I'll watch El Camino. We're gonna talk week. about. We're gonna talk about El Camino, and I think because we don't have any more succession to talk about. It's gonna lead into a Breaking Bad discussion. You and I need to start figuring out other things to talk about, or watching some of the things we promised each other we would. Sure, and I mean, you know, man, when by the time the do sends, we're gonna be four weeks out from Mrs. Nasal, like um, shitting in her, yeah, shitting in her I've shoes. I've seen that trailer a couple times. Uh, featuring Luke Kirby. <sighs> okay, yeah. so going back to. Where this kind of went off the rails of predictions about the next couple episodes. Yeah, yeah. One thing I know is going to kind of break down is D'Angelo and Luke Kirby are going to are going to take over the block and they're going to turn it into a modern Times Square, right? With all of its Coca Cola ads. And is the is the deuce ending up? Is the deuce like leading to the, the opening of, of the M M&M and M store? It's <laughs> just the like, end of an era. Like it'll be like we're going into the mid eighties, nineties, yeah. and this slumming middle of the right middle of the yeah. City that's that's shit. sort of like the that's inevitable they, boiling point. Yeah, that it's I mean reaching. that's that's notable history of that is like they cleaned up the city then, yeah, or whatever. That's kind of what the I mean. That's how. The last season felt with the AIDS crisis is that it's like, but you I know bet, what's next? I bet it's going to be horrible. I bet it's going to be kind of horrific. Like, I bet, like, maybe Gap Tooth Girl is going to be, like, shipped off somewhere and will never see your dad again, get arrested. Like, who fucking, like, yeah, they're going to they're gonna tear down the entire, the deuce. Yeah. The the cops are going to come in. They're going to, yeah. they're going to buy. Life is going to change. They're going to buy all those buildings and just flip Flip it into a whole new world, mm-hmm. and that's I think the the main thrust we're gonna see then right for the end of this thing. The other characters that we have not talked about are Candy Lori. or oh. Lori. Yeah, that's I wanted to get to Lori. Let's talk about Lori. That was kind of the biggest thing for me this episode. Lori, I think, gave me the the greatest pleasure of this season, which was firing her fucking agent. 
Yeah, but I was also, so but, proud uh, of her. But also, she, and dumping her stupid boyfriend. Yeah, but she also did the gangbang, and she sat there and she said, "I just want to smoke my cigarette." And she knew what her agent. Well, she got that paycheck. For. Yeah, but she didn't know that shit was happening <laughs> until she walked in the fucking door. Exactly, which is why I was so glad but that she fired her agent. But she still did it. Like that character is is so conflicted where she like acquiesces to these things while also yeah. standing her ground and i'm really worried about her she's learning I feel like, how to say no i don't know dude i feel like if if you she's said learning. If you said which of our characters is gonna die <sighs> i'd be like Lori's gonna have something horrible it's gonna to break her. my heart if Lori dies something horrible is gonna happen to this girl like, i think you're the, right. it's spiraling more and more out of control I think you're she's right. living the the end of boogie nights that's yeah, I, I want. I wanted to bring this up. Is that that's, this is like the third her, act of Boogie her Nights? Her plot line. They're in California. It's mid eighties. Everyone's yeah. doing cocaine all the time. Well, the preview for next week looks like she goes back to New York. Ah, man, and maybe stricken, dude. Maybe oh. or maybe maybe that. Or she's doing one just okay. for the thrill. I know we. I know we've been like we don't want to see her just end up with a nice guy. But what if the show ends with her like going back to her mom and dad in Wisconsin or whatever? <sighs> I'd love that. That's actually the one. I clearly. The like reuniting with your parents thing is a way more interesting than Candy and well, her a, son. Well, but it's a, no, but it's a big element of what this season has been. A lot of the parent thing is like constantly being well, like, and it's things coming full circle and yeah. family and Candy's monologue about her dad obviously was well, and even the scene a, with, a centerpiece. The scene the with her son was better than any of the scenes with her goddamn boyfriend that I'm just so burned out on. That's the toughest part, I think, of this season is Candy just being wrapped up with this dude that's like... Why is he here? He doesn't even go here. He's not even that interesting. He's just kind of rich and infatuated with her. Well, and that's the thing is that we're it's not even... Like, it's like writing, like, me when I was 18 liking some fucked up girl. <laughs> sure, like, but it's like, like we're not even and getting... And how romantic that is. We're not even, like, getting a scene... That's g- telling us more about him. Like they could probably have an episode that yeah, exactly. sp- spends more a little more time with we know him, nothing, or or even him just talking to her more about himself, other than being like, "Well, I'm a rich guy who's lonely and bored, and I think you're just amazing." Yeah, and it's like you brought in this like face of an actor. I think we both feel like that's gonna not end well. Like she's gonna leave that. I think if some other actor were playing him, I wouldn't feel as worried about it. Maybe there's a payoff with him. I don't know. Well, I'm, I think there's payoffs with all of these, but the way that one's been drawn out has been boring, frankly. Yes. Yeah. And and I, I think we said before, like, the conversations she has about, like, the progressiveness of the industry are more interesting than oh, absolutely. the boyfriend plot line. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of boring plot lines, and I guess this is kind of the scrape in the bottom of our characters... The Vince and Abby relationship. Abby's gotten a shaft in the whole season, man. She's definitely. I forget that she's. I don't. I wouldn't put her in like the mains they're following because she's always a supplement to their stories. I, I don't know. She's around her Maggie Gyllenhaal's talking to Dworkin. She's talking to Paul. No, but she Todd. she's had her her relationship with the artist. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And she, she's okay, had her thing okay, with so the that, girl. We haven't talked about that. She is having a relationship with a Nagal chick who is a Basquiat wall painter. Yeah. And she... But they did that... They haven't really followed it as with as much time, like time on screen as the rest of those. 
I feel like they paid a lot. A couple episodes ago, they spent it's more a like lot Vince, of time It's more with like that. Vincent walking in on them fucking being like, you guys need a hand? And they're like, no, get the fuck out of here. And he's like, all right, whatever. Well, but then, I, so I wanted to talk about Vince and Abby together specifically. Cause How's that going to end? Yeah. Well, why the fuck hasn't it already ended, I guess, is the exactly. thing that I want to talk that, about. It's going to be about him having to leave town. He's like, I got to go. And she's like, whatever, I have a fucking girlfriend. Well, in, the, in this last episode, when they have the fight, that fight, that I this was a very rare moment in the show where I'm like, this acting is not tip-top. Well, that, that The scene of her being like, are you fucking kidding me? And him being like, are you fucking kidding me? And it like goes on for... It was, it was not earned. No, it was any not of the earned. things we've seen happen. And it was like, well, you guys probably should have had this conversation a long time ago. I don't want to play therapist here, but like... I think she's gotten the worst. Neither of you she, have an argument for each other. She's gotten the weakest... And smallest amount of writing as a, as one of their main characters this season. She's like the fifth. I think that Larry Brown got the smallest amount of writing this season. Okay, I think we both agree <laughs> that Larry Brown, <laughs> the Larry Brown's absence <coughs> is a travesty. Yeah. And if there's one thing to complain about this show, it's Larry Brown in season. But that three. stuff is weird. The, the Abby stuff is just is weak. It's been weak. It's been weak. We've seen them be like. I still work at the same bar I was working at when I met Charlene. Like, yeah, that that's... was that was like, and you're like, is this going anywhere? Not really. No. Yeah, she, it seemed like she was like waking up to they'll, something. They'll cut away from like a different sex scene to her like getting banged by her girlfriend in a taxi, but there's that's all you see of them for the whole episode. And she's supposed to be the one that's having the conversation, or at least another one of the ones who's having the conversation about exploitation. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of female writers that are working on this show. And the directors. Yeah, and it frust- it's frustrating to see these like disproportionate attention given to these characters when, at this point, they only have three girls who are like their maids, and they have like yeah. um, two dudes, I guess. Yeah, it's, At this point, it's really it's just, just Vincent Paul, yeah. Yeah. Jill, you know, Jill and Hull's stuff as an artist, I've, I have st- I just continue to appreciate. I, I still love her, like, uncovering new ideas and, like, fighting furiously to find I, what the I idea liked, is I all the time. Marty arguing. Marty? Marty? Oh, my God. Like, they're arguing No, his about name is Harvey. Harvey. And I want to... And I really want to cite that guy has one of the best... When she's directing really well and he's watching her. No, no, no. But that's a great. No, moment. no, no. The, gr- no, they, his they great moment. His him. great moment of the episode is when he's barking shit. He's, when they he, start, he's yelling at that dude who doesn't know how to set a light. Yeah. That is one of. That is some of the best. That is someone like truly in the middle of doing the the, well, was, the shitty part of their he's job. He's been doing this craft for so long. Oh my god. But then th- that also scene, Maggie Dolan was scene, not directing well. She was just telling her but, own story. To that I know, girl. but that's supposed to be the insinuation, right? And I guess so. I guess, but like it was kind of nice because, like, they're they've had they've had this argument and then he where, he's her. Like, where he's like, "Your shit doesn't sell." Yeah, I know. I can't defend it. I'm trying. I'm I'm reaching. His shit. But his I did like. I did like. His him, I did like the shot of him being like, "Well, what do you know?" Yeah. yeah. And you're like, okay, see. He knows there's some artistic merit that could be mined from all of this uh, flesh peddling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that guy that he's he 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 turns in some some good stuff. He's great. That guy I feel like was in like Doogie Howser or something. I've seen that guy for my entire life. My entire life. It's probably yeah, a different Italian kid in Doogie Howser, but like. 
that guy has been in, he was in like the Sandlot or he was in sure. some shit. I'm sure we could look up his IMDb and be shocked. Yeah. I, I know that dude. Yeah. He was in Boy Meets World or some some, <laughs> sh- some goddamn <laughs> shit from our I'm child. sure there's a great top ten list of like ten people you won't believe were on Boy Meets World. That motherfucker. <laughs> I knew it. I've never seen the Brian Cranston X Files episode. I've heard, I haven't either. That's like the one that Vince Gilligan decided he That's the one he sold him on, I guess, because Brian Cranston plays a guy who's very sympathetic in some parts and then very Isn't he like a ra- he's like a racist or something? I, I think and, and there's like I, a I bo- there's like a bomb in his he, brain. I don't know. He's there's something that uh, like he's got two personalities or he's schizophrenic. Uh, maybe I don't know. I really don't know. But I know that they sold it as like in parts he's very feeble and like early Walter White, and in other parts he's like fucking badass Heisenberg. Heisenberg. We're gonna have a conversation about Breaking Bad next week. Well, and El Camino. Yeah, but I but what I'm saying is I think that that is gonna lead into a Breaking Bad conversation. I, I, I like the Southwest. It's like we talk about making stories around here that are just like it's not New York, it's not LA. This I'm, is the this is what it's like, and it's not the Midwest. It's what it's like around here. It's fucking weird. That's not what it's like around here, but there's well, if you drive far enough, you just end up in the goddamn desert or on a mountain. <laughs> I'm fascinated to 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 hear what you think about El Camino. I'm fascinated to watch it. So there, nanny boo boo. All right. Alright, I guess that's that's the that's our hell little take. Yeah. We'll have to figure out some more shit that we need to watch. Well now next that next week we succession is over. Next week we can talk Deuce and let's talk El Camino. We didn't talk about Righteous Gemstones at all, but we yeah, can Yeah, I'll catch that. up on that. Uh, and you should watch some other shit. Yeah, I'll watch Undone. Yeah. I'll watch that El Camino. Deal. El Camino's a little you know shorter. Hot button. Yeah, it is. And don't and I love Breaking Bad. We've been talking about it for the last ten minutes. This has been a yeah very anticipated thing. All right. So well, we'll do that next week. You can look forward to Deuce and El Camino for I'm sure. Give a shout out to our producer editor Christian O'Shaughnessy. Don't do this every time. Well, you, you, <laughs> you are and you do. Don't be so humble. Don't be so humble. Uh, Mike is still in a play called Arcadia at TheaterWorks. You can uh, look you up. You cannot the- afford it. <laughs> <laughs>